Welcome to Coffee with Curtis, your home for quality business conversation. Hey everyone, I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the podcast. Today on the program, we have Gabby Lafer. I met Gabby at the start of Corona for one of my 500 coffees, and we've kept in touch ever since. I've been following his professional journey on LinkedIn and learning from his great insights into the consumer marketing world. Love this episode with Gabby. You're going to enjoy it too. We talk about all things marketing, business, leadership, and LinkedIn. Enjoy the podcast. Gabby, I'm so excited that you're joining me on Coffee with Curtis. We met, what, must be just over a year ago, and I've been following you and learning from you, and I'm just really excited to dive into that sales and marketing brain of yours today and um, share some of your valuable insights with our audience. Welcome to Coffee with Curtis. Wow, um, Robert, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, I think you must be my LinkedIn buddy. We met we met on LinkedIn, I think. We did, and I think we're going to be chatting about LinkedIn today because I've really enjoyed watching your growth on, on LinkedIn. But before we do any of that, for our listeners and for the few people that don't know you, can you give us a 360 on who is Gabby? Wow, now you're just embarrassing me. Um, so, um, well, first and foremost, um, I am a family man, um, married to my um, to my sweetheart. Um, we've got three kids, um, and for work, I work for um, a company called TLC Marketing. Um, we're a sales promotion agency, global business, and um, I head up the sort of front end of the business, officially the chief growth officer. Um, uh, my passions uh, revolve around business, um, marketing, advertising, um, love travel, and um, I'm loving coffee with Curtis as well. <laughs> so hold on, am I right to think that you're sort of like the modern, clean version of Don Draper? Um, that would perhaps be a little, little bit too flattering. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do find myself, um, you know, most um, weekdays, um, working alongside, you know, big brands, coming up with some great ideas to help them, you know, push their brand, push their business forward. So may, maybe in a small kind of way. So look, I love to ask this question at the beginning of every podcast, because I think it just goes to the heart of understanding who the person is. Um, when you were a kid, I'm presuming chief growth officer wasn't on the list of dream jobs necessarily. What did you want to be when you grew up or have you still are you still deciding? Yeah, any any minute now, I will um, I will work that out. Um, I, the, the truth is, I I think I was quite envious of people around me who had knew what they wanted to do um, when they grew up, whatever that means. Um, but I think essentially, I just um, I loved you know um, I was quite an ideas person, I guess, um, and so I was constantly sort of like fascinated um, by business. Um, and meeting interesting people, looking at sort of like interesting things. So perhaps I didn't know it at the time, um, but I, maybe I guess I was destined to work in the sort of field of sales and business development. Um, I, I guess I was always a bit of a, half, a glass half full type of guy. Um, I think my, my kids sort of laugh at me all the time. I, I make even the most mundane things sound really exciting just to get them to go uh, to various places. <laughs> um, so um yeah so perhaps not nothing specific but um i think maybe i have found my calling in um, the industry that i've landed so ideas man creativity and uh you know energizing people to 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 do things and, and using your message to get them to follow you 
I, I think so. I was always fascinated um, forever with, you know, what makes, you know, one person, one brand, one thing stand out more than another. Um, you know, I just, you know, even just like listening to music growing up, you know, I, I was a massive Beatles fan, um, like a lot of people, I guess. Um, the music was amazing, but it, there was a lot of other really amazing music at the time. And so I, I just, I remember thinking, well, why is, why did the Beatles make it bigger than anyone else? Their music was amazing, um, but it was the whole package, the way they were sort of like essentially marketed and sort of taken to the world, the personalities, the, the whole thing made them, you know, the greatest band that ever was. And I guess I was always just fascinated by that, you know, how do you sort of sell that to the, you know, to an audience? Um, and I guess you could sort of look at countless other examples of that. So, um, yeah, my mind often sort of like wanders in that direction. So tell me about TLC. Um, what do they do? Um, and give us a sense of your your role as chief growth officer. What does a typical okay. day look like? Um, so um, so we, we're essentially a, a sales promotion a, agency. Our focus is on helping brands uh, motivate consumers in one way, shape or form. Typically, it's to help um, sort of motivate purchase. Um, and so my, my role sort of on, on an official capacity um, is essentially the global sales director. So I help drive new business, um, you know, from, you know, in, into, into TLC, um, which basically means sort of like uh, having dialogue with uh, brands and getting briefs so that we can then sort of like work, work on those briefs and come up with ideas that are going to sort of help solve, you know, clients' problems. I think unofficially... I would regard myself as a bit of a pace setter within the business. Um, I am a quite a ball of energy, and um, I feel that when I come to work on a on a Monday morning, um, I do help set the tone for you know a lot of our teams around the world to follow. Um, and I also sort of think of myself quite as an ambassador um, of our business. Um, I'm evangelical about you know our message and our um, you know what we bring to the world. Uh, we've sort of carved up an amazing little niche for for ourselves. And so um, I think, you know, that's what the business does. Um, ha happily to sort of go, go into a little bit more detail later on, if you'd like. You, you say a little niche, but just give us a sense of the size of TLC, because I think you're running teams across, what, 14, 15 geos, right? Yeah, so we, we've officially um, operating in 12 markets. Um, we've got sort of a few, few places with multiple offices in. Um, so our niche is basically we provide rewards which effectively incite action from consumers um, and you know the what we've learned is like one of the best ways to motivate behavior is through experiences so um, we we've spent the last sort of 20 years plus basically um, creating experience uh, building a network of experienced partners um, that we can then repackage that in order to you know provide to our, our clients so the sort of experiences that we talk about is literally anything that people do in their spare time. You know, I ask you, like, what, what, what motivates you as an individual? Um, I think it's the, the things that I could do with my family, um, so experiences that I could go on with them. Um, I'm, ex I'm excited by gadgets and technology, so anything that involves all of that, that whole world, I'd probably be motivated to get involved with something that way. 
Okay, so so that's basically it. So we we work with um, you know theme parks and f um, family activities, cinemas, restaurants, um, spas, sports clubs, basically anything that people do in their spare time. And what we effectively do is contract um, uh, with literally thousands of those partners all over the world and then repackage that inventory to make it available to our um, clients customers so that they can say um, if you sort of shop with us if you purchase this product we will uh, provide you with an experience that is going to be very memorable because I think the reality is you know we live in a world where experiences matter you know our sort of strap line at TLC is um, you know experiences make life more rewarding um, and you know, people remember that. Um, so I think in, in a world where, you know, brands are fighting for consumers' attention, um, a lot of the time you sort of see people, you know, brands defaulting to price discounting, um, you know, cashback coupons as a way of, you know, getting them, trying to sort of like grab your attention. And what we fundamentally believe is that if you don't do that, but instead look at ways that you can A, add value, and B, add value in a really meaningful way, um, then I think you're much more likely to create a connection with consumers. And I think ultimately that's where, you know, that's where the world is right now. Brands looking for ways to build an intimate relationship with customers. Um, if you think back to the old, old Don Draper days, um, you know, advertising was largely about, you know, broadcasting messages, you know, big billboards, big budgets on, you know, TV and so on. Um, and it was a mass market approach, whereas I think nowadays brands recognize that in order to create real loyalty, a real you know, brand advocacy, um, they need to you know, connect with customers on an emotional level. And what better way to do that than by you know, providing experiences that really help tell your brand story you know, in a very powerful, memorable way. I guess it comes to that word that gets used all the time, but it is true that it's about building a community, which doesn't have to be around necessarily, you know, online communities. It's actually about communities of fans and brand fans who really buy into what you're doing. And I, I think that I, I learned this from you. It's a, just the remembering a, that, you know, when you make a purchase, it's not really just about the, the transaction. It's actually how they make you feel and that experience that, that comes with it. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the biggest sucker out there for Apple products. The minute I'm either in their website or in an Apple retail store, there is a, there is a, a force that comes over me that makes me feel this is the greatest company on earth who produced the most yeah. delicious products. And I want every single one of them down to the experience of the sales assistant through to the product design. Um, but but what you're saying is, is, is almost the next step because when someone, I know some of the brands that you work with um, are often around those you know, on-shelf purchases. What's going to make me buy that box of cereal versus a different box? Um, that is a big psycho psychology, isn't it? It's about getting into the psychology of the consumer. Yeah, exactly. So we, we spend a lot of our time um, at TLC really sort of diving into, you know, uh, customer insights, um, looking at various sort of like consumer trends, looking at the demographics, what's going to sort of like motivate and connect with particular individuals um, and then provide rewards that sort of like can amplify that. Um, you know, I'll give, I'll give you a couple of examples. I, I remember 
years ago, we, we did this fantastic promotion with uh, McDonald's, um, who at the time were sort of um, sponsors of the um, Olympics. It was during the L London Olympics. And um, so what, what we provided them with was a free kid sports lesson on every Happy Meal. So just think about that for a moment. Every time you purchased a Happy Meal during the Olympics, um, you got an opportunity to have a gymnastics lesson, swimming lesson, table tennis lesson, and so on. So first of all, you're providing a reward which has a fantastically high value. Um, you know, a lesson could cost, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds, euros, dollars, for example. Um, but importantly, you're also able to sort of help tell their Olympic story. So don't just say that you care about, you know, the Olympic values and, you know, getting behind that Olympic messaging, but actually give people that opportunity to experience it. So A, it, it's sort of like it connects with them on a very deep emotional level. Imagine you're the brand that first gave a kid um, an opportunity to learn how to swim. And imagine one day they became a, a swimming champion in their own right. You, you, you did that as a brand. Um, so um, I think we, we spend a lot of our time looking at what kind of rewards and most experiences are li most likely to engage with, with consumers. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, if you think about it, you know, brands spend an absolute fortune on advertising messages. Um, they're driving you into you know, their retail, retail shops. Um, and then when you're standing there in the retail shop, all you see are price discounts, literally all over the place. There's coupons, cashback offers, all that, all that sort of thing. So what did you spend all that money trying to tell me that your product is better when when you come to the point of purchase, the one differentiate, everyone's offering, you know, throwing price discounts at you. So I think one of the things that brands really need to sort of like, I think, consider is how can they um, sort of move away from that. And I think speaking to brand managers all the time, there's no resistance to that. I think the challenge is they don't often know what the alternative is. Um, so, um, I guess, yeah, it's, I, mean, we, I guess it's a, a ra you know, you, you avoid the race to the bottom that way, because if you're, you know, just, uh, you know, you're competing in a, um, you know, a five, 10, 20, $30 price point, then it's another pound, another dollar down, another dollar down. And, and, and what actually is that in terms of delivering value for the business, but also for the, for the customer, uh, we want to create these experiences, these memories, that brand connection. Um, that, that makes them do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the yeah, I think if you look at it, you walk down the supermarket aisles, you'll see you know everyone's sort of just offering the same thing. You know, buy one get ones, three for twos. So as you said, it's a race to the bottom. It's sort of a, it hurts their sort of bottom line margins. There's no differentiation. It price conditions customers. You know, how often do we as consumers just wait for the next two for one offer before I make my purchase? So it doesn't really drive loyalty or you know a love of of a brand. So what what we sort of try and do is you know is the opposite. Is do do achieve more through added value. Um, you know, when, when we worked, for example, with one of our clients is Continental Tires, just to give you an example. So their bit, one of their big business challenges is to get people to buy four tires instead of two. Classic, um, you know, objective um, in, that, in that particular sector. So, we, we, so rather than competing on price, which a lot of the tire brands were doing, what um, Continental did is they offered a free hotel break when you purchased, um, when you purchased four tires. And we wrapped that up in a campaign that we called um, the Continental Road Trip. So the idea was the tyres 
you know, can take you on a journey, but we're going to give you the destination oh, to drive to. Oh, I love to. that so much. And do you know what's really funny? Straight after this podcast, I need to go and replace four tyres. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> So the, so the beauty so the beauty the beauty of that is a you're able to sort of really enhance that you know the the brand message and give a consumer something that's got a really high you know value um to them and what do you do when you're on you know when you're on holiday when you're away with your family you post you share you talk about it you become brand advocates um and so i think that's something that we're you know, we're, we're very evangelical about it because we see every single day the incredible power this has on, on brands. I, I, give you, I give you just one example of something that's live at the moment. So right now in the UK, we're, we're running a promotion for um, PepsiCo uh, Walkers uh, crisps. So I think Lay's, um, Lay's um, yeah. chips, I think they're, they're called in the rest of the world. So, um, so one of the things that um, Walkers particularly wanted to do was um, a promote um, some brand new flavors that they've got um, uh, launching with their crisps. Um, so that again, typical TLC brief. They've got a new product launching. They want to get the message out there. Um, but second of all, they also really wanted a way to sort of support local communities and local businesses, um, especially coming out of COVID. That was something that was really important to them. We went and created this amazing promotion that's just literally just launched a few weeks ago, which was um, um, you got a takeaway voucher with every purchase of um, uh, crisps. Um, and each um, t uh, the takeaway foods related to the, the you know, the flavor of the crisps, they've, they've got these um, incredible flavors, you know, fish and chips flavored crisps. Oh, that's and so clever. Flavored, I love curry that. Curry flavored crisps um, and so on. Um, so, um, so now literally buy a packet of crisps and get a, you know, a, a free fish and chips or get a free curry, curry um, takeaway. Um, and so you get a five pound voucher towards that. Um, now, first of all, great storytelling and story doing, but also what a fantastic way to support restaurants. Um, you know, so we, we recruited, I don't know, it must be around 3000 plus restaurants across the UK. All of them, you take your, you know, your Walker's Chris voucher in and you get your takeaway offer. That's, that's story doing. That's powerful. That really gives a brand a way to sort of don't just say it, but do it. I absolutely love that example. You've actually triggered in my mind just something I want to ask you that whether you see this in, you know, marketing boardrooms and the, the brands that you're you're working with and perhaps your own view on it. One of the big movements that obviously we see at the moment is this concept of purpose within business. And yeah. I've got to say, although I sometimes see some of the purpose driven missions and I resonate with many of them. I do feel it's a little bit contrived and a little bit, oh, we've got to do this and we've got to say, you know, buy this product and it's, you know, going to save the polar bears because we're going to do this, that or the other. Um, how is that playing into conversations that you're having in the boardroom? Because the example you just gave of, of you know, the Walkers, Chris, brilliant, totally get it, building economy, building back communities. I, I see the connection. It all adds up. But when they, when companies come out with a left field purpose that is like what's that got to do with your business why are you getting involved in that um mm -hmm. i i struggle i personally struggle with that whole concept yeah um i think maybe i struggle with it a little bit less i think my sort of fundamental sort of belief is that something is better than nothing um you know i think brands um you know there are influences in the world today um, i think that's just the reality 
um, they influence a lot how people think um, and you know people follow their their actions and their messages so I think that um, e even small steps um, can go a long way um, but but essentially obviously I do um, agree with your 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 point which is that if you're going to sort of try and promote um, purposeful behavior and good good behavior then you've got to really it's got to sort of ladder up right to the sort of boardroom and to the top um, um, of the brand's uh, of the brand messaging what one of the things that's um, really prominent perhaps coming a li little bit out of cop 26 um, you know that, that was last week um, was the role that brands have for example in you know their green and sustainability messaging um, and you know we're seeing a lot now of um, clients of ours who they're claiming to have these fantastic um, you know green visions and you know they, they want to play their part so that's great I think they're recognizing their responsibility I think the challenge that they've got now is just like well okay how can we now make that a reality for our customers um, so partly it's about you know the ethical sourcing and responsible you know buying and the, the, the whole sort of supply chain but apart from that you know, we, we, we're having a lot of conversations now with brands who are looking for ways to genuinely promote good, you know, sustainable behavior. Okay, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. We, we, we're doing um, some work at the moment um, with a big um, FMCG brand um, in Europe um, who they're celebrating a big uh, milestone anniversary for the brand. And so they're giving, as a way of, um, you know, celebrating that, they're giving their customers what they're, cons what they're calling green rewards. So what we did for them is we partnered up with a whole series of different, you know, quote unquote, green partners. What does that mean? So it's a mixture of um, reward activities that were, you know, outdoor in nature, um, wildlife sanctuaries, um, going to farms, you know, learning how, you know, where fruit and vegetables grow, um, um, free courses um, on learning how to recycle, um, e even getting um, free um, credit to uh, drive e-scooters so that you can sort of, you know, if you've never tried an e-scooter or even an e uh, electric car hire, um, then it's an opportunity to do that. And so on one hand, you could say, well, what's that got to do with an FMCG brand? But actually, I think that the, um, if they can um, promote this good behavior and really get behind it, I think that that will eventually lead to change um, and I think that's a fantastic thing yeah I guess um, nobody could argue with that I guess are you also seeing in, in sort of consumer purchasing data and statistics that this is informing purchase decisions in all of these different uh, buying environments whether it's supermarkets or otherwise Yes, um, w w without doubt, which is why I think, you know, r right now and certainly we're expecting, you know, next year and beyond um, that the whole topic of sort of green and sustainability, you know, which is what one area of purpose, you know, b uh, purpose in business um, is absolutely rocketing. L literally every conversation we're having right now, um, you know, it somehow seems to seep into into the conversation. Um, but there's so much that brands can do, you know, even, even just uh, we, we, we did a promotion for um, innocent drinks, just to give you give you an example. Um, they, they had a whole mission about um, uh, saving the bees, which obviously is, is such an important part of, you know, the, the green conversation. 
Um, and so we, we created for them these, um, uh, we called them bee bombs. It's effectively sort of a bag of soil um, that you could sort of like, so with every purchase of uh, innocent drink, you got a bee bomb that you could take home, plant, um, um, you know, plant it, grow some, um, uh, some plants and, you know, create a new space for bees. Well, and, and then what they did is they sort of took that into a social media. Uh, people uploaded their, you know, pictures of their plants the and they were able to share that. <laughs> yeah, the bee, the, exactly. The bee bombs. Exactly. Um, and I think then you create a conversation. And I think these um, I think forevermore now this will be this will be a big part of the marketing mix. What's funny is, again, you've touched on something that is, I have a completely irrational fear of bees. Bees and wasps, you'll, you'll see me running in the wrong direction. So innocent, yeah. innocent drinks wouldn't have had me, but uh, um, I, recommend, <laughs> I recommend and endorse what they did. Now, look, segueing into your career, because you have spent, you just said, 20-odd years at TLC. I know there was a sort of... Uh, a break in the middle when you had an, an even more entrepreneurial streak and wanted to create a startup. That is unheard of pretty much today. People don't stay in jobs for that long. So what is the magic source of the, the marriage of Gabby and TLC? And also just take us through that, that hiatus in the middle where you, uh, you created your own startup. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think um, I set out to um, uh, with the intention of being somewhere for, I think it's now 20, 21 years, which is just insane to think <laughs> I'm that old. But any, anyway. Um, and you're only so, 32. Well, I started when I was 12, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I basically, um, um, I had just before I started at TLC, I had an amazing opportunity to um, go and live and work in China yeah. so, um, for, for a year. I didn't know that um, about you. So was, yeah, so, so I was working for the Holiday Inn Group um, in Beijing, which was just a phenomenal um, experience. Um, came back to the UK and sort of I was going down that route. Um, I got on the sort of Holiday Inn graduate program. And I, I realized quite quickly that wasn't going to be sort of my future. Um, I, I, I sort of had this, what I loved about the hotel business was, you know, selling and marketing the, the hotel. Um, and so I sort of had this idea to go and work for a marketing agency, even though I, I'm not sure I actually knew what a marketing agency was. Um, but my um, one weekend, literally, my sort of wife, my then girlfriend at the time, we... Um, we um, she helped me do a, a mail merge from the Thompson business pages. Um, absolutely true. Oh my God! You're um, bringing and, and, out, you're dragging back lots of history. The Thompson business pages. I haven't heard that Thompson in years. <laughs> it, so we, we literally we sort of found a list of you know marketing agencies in. Um, and this was before the internet days. So you got to remember that. Um, so um, we we put together. Um, uh, I, I put together this great CV. At least I think it was, um, and. Um, um, my parents, um, my parents gave me the money to do a big, a huge email, a uh, huge mail blitz, um, and you know, cut a long story short, TLC was one of the companies that, that called me in, and I sort of like walked in as a sort of a real youngster, fresh, fresh off the street, um, but they had an opportunity, and I sort of took it with both hands, and literally never, never looked back. Um, Look, it's the ultimate lesson in marketing. You've got to be able to market yourself. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, they. they so the, the first um, project when I when I sort of first walked into um, the office, we, it was literally it was a sort of I don't know a th six man 
six, six or seven people team working out of a basement in uh, Gloucester Place. And at the time, they had just sold this uh, promotion to the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, and it really turned my head. It was basically, it was a free nightclubbing promotion uh, that they'd sold to um, RBS, who were looking to um, run a Freshers' Week promotion to sort of target students. Um, and so they came up with a you know, free nightclubbing um, idea. And, you know, the, the concept basically was, um, you know, they needed someone to contact, you know, hundreds of nightclubs across the UK to basically get them, get the nightclubs to give away um, free entry to um, RBS customers. Um, and so in, in I walked and said, yeah, I could do that. And they said, okay, here's a phone, here's a, fa here's a fax machine. And, um, and I just um, got on with it. And what, what, what I, and I just fell in love with the business model there and then because what I saw really quickly was a that we could produce a reward which had an amazing value. Like we, we ended up producing this sort of card. It was like a credit card type thing that if you were an RBS customer, you could literally show it to one of hundreds of nightclubs in the UK and get two for one nightclubbing entry. So a it had fantastic value, you know, the value of a card like that. You know, depends how often you go nightclubbing, but it was valid for a year. So potentially, you know, 100, 200 pounds plus um, that we were able to provide to RBS at the same price point as, you know, a key ring, mug, T-shirt, you know, whatever all the other banks are giving students during Freshers Week. So A, the value proposition was immense. But B, the, um, the storytelling, story doing part was amazing. What better way to tell students that you get them absolutely you understand, you, you understand them you, you completely get what they're about exactly so, so i i was sort of smitten from the beginning i i guess i, I love the business model and you know the um the people that i was working with um you know the the two founders of the business really sort of inspired my thinking and you know had a vision to you know take the concept you know and export the concept so it obviously doesn't stop with nightclubs. You can apply the same principle to anything that's travel, leisure, lifestyle related, you know, spas and sports clubs, cinemas, theatres, literally, you name it, everything people do in their spare time. And, and then, you know, we started sort of dipping our toe in the water internationally. And I guess I just often sort of think, well, what else would I want to be doing? I sort of, I, honestly, it sounds maybe a bit corny, but I do, I do feel that I'm sort of li living, living my dream. But you did, but um, you did decide at some point that you wanted to, you know, start your own business and, and have your own startup. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think credit to, um, to TLC and in particular, you know, the founders of, um, of our business, um, they had an unbelievable ability to, um, to make you um, do 10, 100 times more than what you, you think you are capable of doing. Um, it's re really amazing. You know, my, my, my boss, you know, from day one used to literally every day come and talk to me, find out what I was doing um, and really motivated me so that I felt often I was feeling like I could walk on air, I could do anything. And that gave me unbelievable confidence to, you know, to, to do deals and, you know, have conversations at the highest level. Um, and so that, that was, you know, that, that was, that was a really good mentoring. And ever, ever since I could remember my dad and I, so, um, sort of outside of work, my dad and I always sort of had, um, you know, conversations about maybe doing some business together. Um, so my dad at the, um, was a podiatrist, um, so foot, a foot doctor, 
um, so in a completely different space um, to me. Um, I dread to think always... what rewards we could think of to go and see your podiatrist. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I never thought about that. But we, we um, see, so, so he, he had a, um, he had a really successful um, uh, podiatry um, clinic and was doing re really great um, work servicing, you know, in the, in the local community. And we, we would often sort of fantasize about how we could maybe create a foot care company together. And, you know, cut a long story short, at, at, um, I just, uh, I knew that if I didn't do it, I would regret it forever. So, um, uh, so I think maybe after about eight or nine years um, working for TLC, um, I took the really difficult decision to leave um, and follow my dreams, which was to set up a foot care business, which we did, uh, which we ran, you know, really successfully, actually, for, for a few years. Um, so we, we basically uh, created a foot care um, brand um, it's called Feet Life, still going today. Um, and um, the, the business was twofold. One was um, uh, online retail store. Um, and we sort of carved up a little sort of corner of the market for ourselves, you know, selling foot care products. And the, the other more lucrative part of the business was um, taking foot care on site. Um, so we hired and trained um, podiatrists to basically go on location. Um, and in, at our height, we would, um, we would be running, you know, maybe 50, 60 events a month. Um, by an event, I mean, you know, an on-site for a day, you, you know, doing foot care services. Um, we had companies like British Airways, um, the Royal Mail, basically anyone who was on their feet, who had lots of people on their feet. Um, and, you know, we would do a lot of um, orthotics, custom orthotics. And, you know, I quickly became an expert in an industry I really knew nothing about. You were, to start you were literally serving thousands of feet. Yeah, lit quite, quite, quite literally. And I had so much fun, um, worked unbelievably hard, um, you know, started off in my sort of front room and grew, grew the business to a, you know, modest size. Um, but I'm um, always kept in touch with um, TLC throughout um, throughout that journey, and they, they really encouraged me along the way as well. And um, it just felt like there was a the right moment to, you know, uh, to, to come back. You know, it, I guess the financial cra uh, crash um, sort of helped with that decision making because um, you know quite quickly a lot of the contracts that we'd managed to get, you know, uh, were, were put on hold. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I, don't um, um, I, I sort of look, look back at that period as a real sort of growth period for myself. And I sort of now taken a lot of that, those learnings, the way that you sort of think of yourself as a business owner, um, are able to now apply that where I'm at. So you mentioned the, the great crash there of, uh, what, what was it, like 12 years ago? I can't remember exactly. But um, mm -hmm. um, we're experiencing now, and please God, we're coming out to the other side of probably the most impactful crisis that we've probably seen in our our lives as, as yeah. um, over over the, over this period of obviously corona which had a huge impact you were telling me off, off air um, for TLC because overnight you were in a potential crisis and how you responded to that um, you've said to me really defined your career actually so far and um, in some ways is in the the top three if not number one moments of how you took a moment of absolute crisis globally 
uh, not just withstanding your own your own world um, and turn that into a huge success tell us about what you did um so um our business is basically you know we're providing um experiences to brands and our focus has always been on travel leisure lifestyle entertainment and what happened um, you know i think late february 2020 was everything that we do uh, became utterly redundant overnight um you know theme parks closed cinemas closed no one's you know airlines airports shut down ho hotels shut down um and we 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 had a real sort of ho holy cow moment um you know at, 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 in february um which you know i think like the rest of the world we didn't see coming um and we were we, it was a really frightening moment for us um but um i think the the the, the spark of entrepreneurship that is burning inside of you know our business it really is the sort of fabric of TLC. Um, I think that is where we came into our own, like literally, like no one else. Um, We're on suspense so here. We, what happened? So, so, so we we basically um, identified that every consumer on the planet was stuck at home, no matter where you are. You're basically at home. And we realized also very quickly that brands needed to do, you know, a couple of things very urgently as well. So the clients that we're working with, they, they, A, they needed to switch the customers to online purchases uh, because all the shops were shut. Um, and second of all, they also needed a way of engaging with consumers because all their customers are going through, you know, quite a traumatic period, uh, dealing with homeschooling and dealing with... Um, you know, a lot of people losing their jobs, um, just lockdown. So we we cr we came up with the idea of creating um, a suite of at-home uh, rewards. So taking everything that we would typically do, but turning it into digital. Um, and so we created um, literally. It was over one weekend. We, I sort of I think of it as a bit of a Jerry Maguire moment. You know, when he's up all night, sort of tapping away thinking about, oh my God, we've got something here that really could turn our, our business around. And within, literally within weeks, we had mobilized our entire business globally to switch from what we were doing to switching it to at-home wow. rewards. We had, we had locked in literally right across the world, every uh, provider of mo movies and music, online fitness, online yoga, cooking classes, you know, digital cooking classes, literally you name it, everything that you could possibly do at home. We went and we contracted with these partners and we were doing, uh, we, we did some amazing um, deals with them that we could then make available to Give our us clients. some examples of uh, some of the, the rewards that match with brands. So we, we did, um, um, so th there were, for example, um, supermarket chains who, uh, you know, they, they couldn't sell, they couldn't sell, you know, in store. So um, they, we were providing them with rewards that would a, get people to sign up to their um, online services. Because you've got to remember a lot of retailers, they weren't prepared for this either. So they needed um, a way of motivating customers to switch online. And when you, um, so we, we, we had um, used a lot of sort of classic, you know, digital um, uh, content. So things like, for example, free movies. So they, they were able to give customers, you know, have um, um, switch, switch off for the night through the sort of chaos that, you know, the COVID pandemic so it's like was. like Netflix, we, Disney. 
Apple TV, all, all, or, all of that sort of yeah. thing. Working with a lot, lot of the big, you know, um, stream, streaming services, it, it sort of varied uh, across different markets. But they were basically able to say, "Listen, we understand that you're going through, you know, hell at the moment. Here's um, two hours of just switching off." Go and escape through a movie with your family on the sofa um, because that's what you need right now. So that was a great way for, you know, a lot of, you know, some of the supermarket chains that we worked with were able to basically just give that to customers. You know, we also saw that people, you know, during lockdown were sort of taking up new hobbies, new activities, people gardening and cooking. So we were able to provide those sort of rewards as well. Um, so, you know, help teaching people, um, you know, new skills. Um, so brands wanted to sort of get on the back of that because what better way to show customers that you understand what they're going through right now than actually giving them, you know, digital rewards that, you know, enhance that experience. Um, especially you think, you know, kids were, I think, you know, kids in many ways suffered perhaps, you know, as a generation, I think more than anyone, you know, missing out on a lot of um, the schooling, a lot of the, you know, the social aspects of growing up, you know, it's, it's real, sure, you know, even going absolutely. to parties, even going to parties and um, having exams, you know, these are rites of passage that were taken away from that generation. So as a brand, how can you recognize that that's important? So, you know, maybe you can give them, you know, the closest thing to a party, for example. We, we are working with, I don't know, providers of online karaoke. Um, so cool. Or providing, so cool. Or, 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 or providing them with, you know, just things that they can upskill, you know, le learn how to cook, learn how to do, um, you know, th things like that. Um, Sounds like it was a huge success and turned around the business. I often think, you know, B2B brands, um, you know, which is more my world, um, are starting to bring more, what I would call, consumer-style marketing into the B2B arena. And, you know, a, a great example I use is ServiceNow, who through lockdown, they're a, a workflow um, technology that companies use. Um, they produce the most fantastic sort of story doing, as you say, um, videos on YouTube that were humorous. They were taking the whole COVID situation and um, just bringing a smile to people's faces and actually made me feel like a consumer in a business environment. And I, I do think that when I think about your world and your work, um, how, do, how, how do we bring into the B2B world that, that skill set of understanding that at the end of the day, although you're selling to a, a company, it's still a person. And I know it sounds cliche, it's people to people, but it is people to people in business as well. How do we bring what you've done, um, you know, rewards, experiences, and the, how you make them feel into that business arena when it comes to marketing and the sales process? Any ideas, any tips? Um, I think you answered the question actually uh, perfectly, which is, you know, people by people, people want to engage with people. That's, that's who we are. We're sort of, um, I think that's what it is to be human. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, where, where, who, who you're trying to sort of like motivate or connect with. It's the same thing, right? If you were, we, we do a lot of um, work with, um, you know, trade incentives, staff incentives, things like that. Um, you're dealing with people who have got families, They've, they like to do the same things, you know, in their spare time, the same things motivate them. I think one thing that we do learn uh, uh, that's the, that is the same, it's, it seems to be an, a, a recurring theme, is that when you give people cash, 
as an incentive, which you tend to see a lot of in the, you know, in the B2B world. You know, you, you may get, um, you know, a, a, bon a cash bonus. Um, I sort of equate that to, you know, going to buy a TV and getting a £50, um, you know, cash back off, you know, if you purchase this TV or, I don't know, a 50 cent coupon if you buy this, you know, pack of cereal. It's the same thing. Um, it becomes, I think, very quickly, very um, forgettable. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice feeling to receive a bonus, a cash bonus for, uh, from your work, for example. But the truth is a lot of that money would just get sucked into, you know, just everyday living. Yeah, you and forget before it. Long, it's just part before of long, it's, it's, it's just for, for, forgotten, exactly. So if your, um, you know, place of work, for example, was to um, really understand you as an individual, what, you know, what floats your boat, who are you? You know, are you a family man? Um, um, are you, you know, millennial who's, you know, looking to just make the most out of, you know, your, your, mo you know, your moment in life right now, traveling. If they can understand that and then provide you with experiences that are going to connect, you know, to, to really resonate with you, it's a much better way to build a longer term relationship. Um, I think, you know, in, in a lot of surveys that you see, people stay with businesses um, because of the way that the business makes them feel. I think culture is, business culture is more important than, um, um, than I think some of the sort of like financial incentives. Of course, you know, financial incentives have a, a play an important part, but I think that if businesses were to, you know, think of, you know, their people in the same way that we've been talking about consumers, I think that they've got a, a really powerful opportunity to build, you know, real emotional relationships with them. Um, and I think that's how you get staying power. It applies the Matt, same. You've got my brain going crazy. I need to write all this down afterwards. You know, for example, I work mm. with a brand who, they're a B2B brand, they have a tech platform that is used by surgical practices across the United States to help them um, manage the workflow of someone having an, uh, an operation. Um, so from scheduling and insurance and, you know, booking equipment for the surgeon, and et cetera. Um, and it's all about efficiency and time and productivity. But what if they were to show the people that are buying this product, the surgical schedulers, in a story doing manner? Um, we know you value time and productivity. So we're going to be helping you in what it may be in your personal life or uh, with a reward of time or experience or whatever it might be to show again this is what we're about. Yes, we produce this platform for you to manage surgeries more efficiently, but what we're really about is time and efficiency and productivity. And, and by story doing to the, the potential buyer, the decision maker at a B2B level, that could be interesting. I love it. I'm going to have to sit down this afternoon and just write some ideas down for all of our clients that, that uh, <laughs> this could turn into. So look, we originally connected and then I... Um, watched your meteoric rise on LinkedIn because for those that don't know you weren't really on LinkedIn just about over a year ago I, th I think and you have really taken this platform as, as I have actually as well I wasn't using it particularly in a, in a big way a couple of years ago and you've done it so well people can come on and they can see you doing those videos talking about the campaigns meeting you know colleagues and just sharing your journey tell our listeners what that journey's looked like for you on LinkedIn and uh, some tips and ideas for how other people can get started. Um, so, um, yeah, my, my LinkedIn journey actually started that same weekend that I just described, that Jerry week. Maguire moment. 
Uh, yeah, it was. It, we 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 just got off a call, um, a work call, and you know, we we were. It was a really frightening moment for us as a business. I think for the rest, for the whole world, it was, of course. And we, I had a sort of a really quiet moment, sat on the sofa by myself, and I was thinking, what more can I do personally? What can I do? And every my my sort of my whole sort of heart was sort of like really veering towards linkedin i knew the platform obviously but it's not something that i had personally ever used i maybe had posted perhaps once or twice i had you know li literally i think two or three hundred connections most of them were my work colleagues um but it, it made so much sense to me and so i started sort of delving into it i read up a little bit i was watching some podcasts and i started connecting with um you know some interesting people and what I realized quite quickly was that there's a whole world of conversation that is happening um, through this incredible platform. Um, and I wanted to be part of that conversation um, because what I realized th is that those conversations, again, people by people, um, is that you, you get to really understand, um, you know, what the business challenges are for, you know, for brands, what people are talking about, what's important to them. And so... Um, you know, literally back in the end of February, I just um, I started immersing myself into the world of LinkedIn. Um, and I was sort of, you know, I guess in some ways just being inspired by, you know, what people um, uh, were posting. And I was then doing my own version of it. I, I definitely uh, started putting myself out of my comfort zone. I was not, um, uh, I'd never done videos or, you know, even just like put myself out there at, like, like that at all. Um, but I did it, you know, a few times and I got a little bit more confident and I started really enjoying it. And what, what I found was that it, it opened um, conversations for me with people that I could literally only dream of having. Um, and, um, you know, cut a very long story short, you know, over the last 18 months or so, um, I built up, you know, nine and a half thousand follow, um, you know, connections. Um, and every single day, literally every single day, um, we're driving, you know, inbound conversations to me of people that potentially we could be doing business with um, or, um, so, or clients that we're working with that, you know, want to have continued conversations, make recommendations, referrals. Um, and apart from anything else, um, it's become like a real passion, a real lo love affair, actually, because, um, you know, it's life's about you know finding things that interest you um i think what i've really seen from you and you know this is the advice that i would give anybody and i'm sure you would too you are documenting your journey and you're doing it in such a authentic real way you can see you're just a you know you get it you get being a business person you're a mensch you really treat people um with respect on your videos and you're just a great person to follow and, and you give that advice and, and you're not asking for anything you're and you're you, you have no fear you're on that camera you don't care what it looks like behind you, you you're just you're just there you're doing it and, and you've got you've got rid of that that fear factor i think that most people have about posting oh what will people think of me and you've dived straight in and uh, you've seen incredible results well, well, yeah, you, you, you don't see all the takes that I don't post, but I, <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate Take 87. <laughs> um, one of my, my, the, my golden rule um, on LinkedIn is um, don't sell, add value. It's as simple as that. 
Um, you know, I think nothing is more off-putting than trying to, you know, ram, it's like meeting someone for the first time and trying to sort of ram something down their throat. It's ridiculous. Have That's you, not how. Have you become a bit evangelical about it? Maybe even internally. Um, yeah, you you um, ask anyone in the, in our our company. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, they 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 sort of see, see me as this evangelical LinkedIn preacher. Um, but but actually, um, I think that you know we're we're having so much sort of fun with it right now. Um, I think cli clients of ours are you know coming along for the for the ride as well. Um, and so I think with with LinkedIn, we we focus on two main things. Is one is how to do uh, how to sort of outreach. So how to you know make new connections um, and you know how can you do that in a very practical way? Um, because at the end of the day, it is a business platform that you want to you know help create new opportunities and second of all how can you um, add value in such a way that they're going to attract people to you um, so um, you know I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of you know hanging out in the right break rooms as I call it you know looking at where, where do people that you want to talk to where do they hang out um, and hang out in the same places start conversations and it's, it's amazing you know you think about it, a few years ago where on earth would you be able to start up a conversation with like you know, in my world with, you know, brand managers and, you know, marketeers, like-minded people, where, where could you do that? And now, you know, I've got friends and connections. I've made, I've made some fantastic friendships as well through, through it. Um, and it inspires me every single day. I love it. I literally, I can't, I couldn't imagine my working life without it now. Look, it's a complete game changer. I know for my own career and business, it has been literally revolutionary. I know it sounds like a hyperbole. It is genuinely revolutionary. So look, Gabby, time is upon us and i just want to finish up with sort of picking your brains for those people that are um embarking on their marketing career or thinking about um new directions within their own business you've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world you've run some of the most exceptional campaigns um with them um, and we're also witnessing, uh, you know, I was reading last night all about the Great Resignation and people coming into new industries um, that uh, like marketing, uh, which you can do as a solopreneur and then build your own business and, uh, and, and go in that direction. One or two top tips or pieces of advice from, you know, you with your mentorship hat on. Um, gosh, I think, um, I think first of all, the um the the key thing for any sort of new person who's sort of even toying with the idea of going into the into this space is that they really need to be fearless um you know the world moves so fast and you know y youngsters who are sort of like coming into this um uh, business may may think that they've got so much to learn um which they do but they've also got an unbelievable amount to teach um and I think that one of the things that excites me more than anything is when we get sort of new talent, you know, graduates coming in and within 24 hours, they're opening our eyes to new ways of thinking um, because, you know, as we've spoken about now, you know, brands are looking for, you know, ways to build, you know, authentic relationships with customers and the old ways may not be the right ways anymore. Um, and so I think that youngsters coming in have got an insight into the mindset of, you know, their generation. Um, so I think number one is being fearless with their, with their convictions. Don't be afraid to sort of like get, give your perspective because, 
I think the reality is when you've got you know real fire in your belly um, and you've got an, you've got ideas, bring that to the table. Um, and I think really you know good businesses, the businesses that you want to be associated with, will absolutely um, listen. I think the the other thing is um, there's no shortcut to it. Um, you have to work really hard. Um, I saw um, a quote. Um, I think it was this morning. You know, hard work beats talent every time when talent doesn't work hard. <laughs> and, um, you know, th the, the reality is um, you, you've really got to, you know, fight for, you know, your place, you know, in, in, in the mix. And I think, you know, I, I remember e even now I sort of I, I sort of see, see myself as a bit of a pace setter. Um, I really passionately believe that, you know, you can achieve anything that you want to if you've got the right mindset, the right attitudes and the hard work that goes with it. Um, and that, that's something that really excites me about, you know, some of the youngsters, the new graduates that I see coming through, they are first in, first out. Um, and it's not just about clocking hours. You know, you've got to obviously, you know, it's about working smart, getting the right balance. But when I see people with real um, passion and ambition um, and, you know, bringing people along for the ride and having a, you know, uh, perspective on things you know having their own ideas for me that's the that's the winning formula I love that look Gabby we are out of time unfortunately I always learn from you and I have again today um, I think this could be like a six-part series just going into some of the work you've done and the campaigns and just your your whole perspective on, on business and marketing so um, please god this will be the first of first of future episodes hopefully but thank you so much for being on coffee with curtis i really appreciate it and hope you did too robert it was brilliant thanks so much thank you thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed that episode I've got some great future guests lined up, so please remember to follow and subscribe to the channel wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.